Hello and welcome to Succeed Through Speaking, the place for experts and entrepreneurs who want high-value ideas to boost business results. Hello, I'm Tom Bailey and in today's Speaker Stories episode, I'll be getting to know Harriet Turk, who is a speaker and consultant and has developed and implemented multi-million dollar programs for local, state and national level education systems, whilst also building a speaking career for youth and adults seeking to find or improve their leadership skills. So Harriet, hello and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Hello, and nice to be here. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for being here. And just out of interest for everybody listening, whereabouts in the world are you right now? I am in Memphis, Tennessee. Awesome. So. Thank you so much. And just um, to kind of move into the topic of speaking, I know that you're currently a speaker and have been speaking and have been working in the speaking and presenting industries. So I wanted to kind of begin by asking you a simple question. How important do you think public speaking is as a skill for people at all levels in their career? It's, <laughs> you've got to have it. Uh, you have to know how to present and speak, no matter if it's just talking to your boss or if it's speaking to 10,000 people. I mean, yeah. we all need to know how to speak well. Awesome. Thank you. And, and I guess in your career, how important would you say public speaking has been for you in your different um, careers and, and jobs you've had? Well, it's interesting because um, I started off a probation officer, went to youth programs coordinator, and that's when I put on conferences mm -hmm. and I never could find women speakers or rarely found women yeah. speakers. And so I feel like you have to know what um, you can do well or how you do present well. And I mean, I've been doing it for 20 something years mm -hmm. and there's still times when I'm totally learning yeah. <laughs> what I'm yeah. supposed to do. But yeah, I mean, you've got to be able to speak well to anybody. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, and I guess um, 20 years you've been speaking. So let's go back to the very beginning. What, what's been your earliest memory of having to stand up and deliver a presentation and how did it go? You know, um, I'm not sure. It's not the earliest, but yeah. it's the most memorable. Mm -hmm. I was at university and I was taking speech 101 and uh, my college roommate still laughs about this yeah. today that I had to do a demonstration speech and I was so nervous. I mean, I unless I had really a role to play in life, I can be incredibly quiet, um, yeah. half extrovert, half introvert. So mm -hmm. that I had to get up in front of a classroom of people I knew and do a speech was terrifying. And I was oh, yeah. awful. And in fact, the speech professor called me to his uh, desk afterwards and said, I, you know, I know you were really trying, but I hope you're majoring in something where you don't have to speak to people. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. Thanks you know, for but that. Once you care about what you're speaking about, it's mm -hmm. so much easier. Yeah, so. perfect. So so let's go back to that moment a second. I think we'll talk about introversion, extroversion in a bit as well, because I can kind of resonate with that point. Um, so what now you've been doing speaking and, you, you know, you've become a speaker. What piece of advice would you love to give to a young Harriet that's about to stand up in front of her classmates? Like, what's that one piece of advice that you think would really help her in that moment? Wow. Um, the young Harriet as a student or young Harriet wanting to be a speaker? Yeah, the one, the one who stood up in front of that public speaking class and was really nervous and didn't really know what to do. Like, what, what advice would you give to her? I would not tell her to um, think about everyone naked. I, I don't understand <laughs> yeah. where that came from. <laughs> I really um, would tell her to, to find a topic that you really care about. Yeah. So it's easier 
to be able to deliver the message. Because if you're only uh, trying to do a speech with something that you're, you've just learned about or mm-hmm. you're interested in, it's so much harder. And that. that's why, yeah. you know, I, I truly believe you got to speak from your heart. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I guess we, when we're talking about a topic, we're not really an expert in, or we've got no passion about, or we're not credible in, we tend to just research loads of stuff, write loads of words down and then try and remember it. And it, it's never going to be an authentic, memorable speech because you're just relaying information that you found somewhere on Google. Absolutely. And the one thing that I've noticed um, in the last few years of coaching programs mm-hmm. and uh, maybe being a, a member of different Facebook groups and listening, you know, watching conversations. And the one thing that drives me insane is when they say, you don't have to be an expert, just, you know, learn. Or if people mm-hmm. say, um, you know, I just got booked for uh, an organization and it's not really a topic I know well, what should I do? And people are like, oh, go for it, go for it. And it's like, I would never want a surgeon to no. learn how to be a surgeon on the fly. <laughs> no, know? no. I would never want a pilot to fly my plane unless they were certified, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't understand why want to be speakers think that they can just read a book or do a little bit of research and deliver from the, you know, from the a position of, I'm an expert in mm. this material. Yeah. Um, that really bothers me. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I guess um, you know, the advice in there is choose your lane. You know, find something you're passionate about. Really speak on that topic, and and I guess you can change lanes in the future. But for now, Absolutely. speak about something you're really passionate about. Yeah. Well, I you know I totally believe you. I I am not one that believes you can only speak about one thing. You know, yeah. I think you uh, can speak about many things, but you have to know what you're talking about. Yeah. And if yeah. you don't, you can be called out. Yeah. Um, you know, so absolutely and and I guess one of the best ways to learn speaking is to go and do it and go out there and make a few mistakes um a lot a lot of us introverts and shy people and people with fear of speaking we don't do that because we're too scared of making mistakes in person um I guess my question is is what mistakes have you made along the way or which which mistakes stand out as big learning moments for you as a speaker there are several um one is I went to audiences larger conferences when I wasn't ready, but I wanted to be out there and Mm. I wanted to get this business going. And what it ended up doing was hurting my business because people thought, oh, well, she's not that good or she, you know, maybe is good for a workshop, but she shouldn't have been in this this session. And Mm -hmm. so I learned that. And then something else I learned was that I quoted a fee and there was silence and the, the meeting planner just sat there and I was about to say, oh, you know, I'll go for, you know, less. Mm. And he just sat there and he said, I'm not sure you're the caliber of speaker that I'm looking for because your fee is so much less than I normally pay. Oh, wow. And I um, remembered (laughs) then some, you know, what my mentors had said, but I didn't know it really applied to me, but it's like, say your fee and be quiet. Yes. (laughs) Because there are so many times when I negotiated when I probably should not have and I should have been if you're going to quote a fee, then you have to believe in your fee that yeah. you are worth that. Absolutely. And if you don't, mm-hmm. and you're just negotiating because you want to get the gig, yeah. then you're going to hurt yourself because there's a network of people that talk. Yeah. So. And, and I guess utilize that network to find out what people are paying for those types of gigs and Absolutely. so that you pitch at the right level as well, I guess, is another key point. Absolutely. And I mean, there's, there's a thing that, um, a couple of years ago that I wanted to do. And, and I said, well, who was your speaker last year? And they mentioned who it was and he's a good friend of mine. Love so it. I just called him and I said, 
hey, what did you quote? Mm, I love and, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so he told me, and then I knew where they were looking, or you know, I didn't want to be less than him, mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to be so much more than him. So yeah, brilliant. that's why you got to know your network of speakers yes. too, and look at them as colleagues. You absolutely do. And um, so let's go back to that introversion extroversion point. So, and um, I've done my Miles Briggs personality types assessment, and I know that I'm a off the scale introvert based on, you know, the input I put into there. And um, yeah. does it mean that introverts? are better or worse speakers or could or couldn't speak like what's your kind of view on introversion versus extroversion as a public speaker I think if you look at actors um the majority of them say they've never watched their own films or they cringe Mm. when they do and um I've been around some actors or speakers who are fabulous on stage and super outgoing and then when you're with them later they're Mm -hmm. very quiet or very reserved while speaking as a performance, it's actually also a, a part of you. Mm-hmm. And so I know that I'm an extrovert in a lot of ways, but then I'm also an introvert, which means sometimes I think I can deliver a presentation better because I can point out people in the audience who are also like that, yes. you know, um, not do high risk interactive activities because mm-hmm. an introvert is not going to want to do that. Yeah. Um, but then also do some of those high-risk activities because it's good for people to get, get out outside of their comfort zone. Yeah, you've yeah. got to be able to read your audience and you've got mm-hmm. to be able to, I guess, while I have to get out of my comfort zone sometimes, at the same time, I have to say, if it's not going to benefit me in terms of, I know I'm going to be successful on that stage, then I need to refer it to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Yeah, I agree. So I think one of the big things about introversion for me is I can switch it on. I can be more introverted as I speak and um, but I will probably need to have 30 to 60 minutes afterwards on my own to kind of recharge the batteries before I can go again oh shoot yeah yeah my adrenaline will be up and going and then it crashes so yeah. hard yeah afterwards I mean I, I'm not sure I've ever been awake on a plane no <laughs> after a game, adrenaline no. is just it goes down and that's when I recover I don't want to yeah. be around a lot of people after mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess it's just knowing you, where you get your energy from and how you need to recover and, and kind of manage that around your speaking career as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've um, we've given some advice to those people looking to start out as a speaker. We've started to talk about that transition to actually charging a fee as a speaker. And I guess a lot of people get to that transition point where they're, they may have a full-time job, they're doing a little bit of speaking on the side. Like, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to just become a full-time keynote speaker? That's all they do. Um, what have you got any advice there or, or guidance? Well, that's exactly how I was. I had a full-time job and mm-hmm. um, then I wanted to be a speaker. And I actually, this tells you how long ago it was. I sent some VHS tapes to a, a speaker who said he wanted to help me. Yeah. And his response was, don't quit your day job. Yeah. And he gave me some pointers. Mm. And then after the third time that I sent him a video, he said, you're ready, go do it. Right. And I still didn't quit my day job, but mm-hmm. I worked on when could I speak and keep that day job because losing your benefits and losing your yeah. salary is huge. But then at the, also I realized that an, as long as I had that safety net of a job, then I was never going to be hungry enough to go look for presentations yeah. and build that business. And so when I made that leap, I was prepared for um, you know months of not having a salary mm-hmm. because at that time we were booked six months to two years out in advance. Now yeah. it could be two weeks, but uh, you've got to, you've got to balance the safety net mm-hmm. as well as the, 
the hunger to get your business off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of people listening will, will resonate with that. Um, especially with, you know, rising costs of living and, and, and mortgages, you know, you, you want that regular income, but equally, um, you know, when you get to the age of 80, 19, look back, would you wish you'd have made that leap and, and kind of push yourself to become a speaker? That's just something to really think about. Yeah. And you might have to sacrifice a little bit of mm-hmm. maybe sell that house and yeah. get something less expensive or yeah. Yeah. Um, get rid of that gym membership. Yes, <laughs> you know, exactly. It, yeah, yeah. Because things are not going to go immediately no. off the charts and you're going to be successful. Yeah, perfect. And, and, you know, I guess there is that amateur phase where you're not the best speaker and you're not that good and, you know, you, you may be uncomfortable, but there is that phase. You are going to have to go through that, um, but it's worth it, I guess, is the message. In, in the long yeah. run oh, of course and and you have to you know, again sometimes people say don't speak for free mm-hmm. shoot I wanted to speak anywhere and everywhere yeah. that would allow me to practice my presentation yeah exactly and yeah. that's how I built a business because too it it also gave that person in the audience an opportunity to come up to me and say hey do you speak to sales leaders and mm. and then I've gotten a lot of business from some free presentations but yeah. I have to make sure that you know now I, I make sure that it benefits me and yeah. them yeah so yeah and, that, and that's a good point and um, getting paid to speak isn't the only way to make money as a speaker um so you can obviously sell from stage you can create referral marketing business as well from speaking so lots of different ways you can generate revenue from that absolutely and one thing when you just said sell from the stage I agree with that and I've done it but I've also understood how important it is to get permission yes. from the meeting planner to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And sometimes speakers don't do that because they think this is my platform. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but you'll never be back on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Capacity without asking. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. And um, a couple more questions. I guess one quite topical about a year ago is we, we all went into a global pandemic. Um, a lot of people said that the speaking business stopped dead March, 2020, um, which I think it did. How did you personally transition during that period? And and what did you learn in that kind of transition to virtual speaking? The transition was awful. I mean, there was no transition. It was like, boom, (laughs) and nothing. I went 48 hours, I lost my business. Mm. Uh, And sure, some transitioned to virtual, virtual, and some have continued to be virtual. Mm. But then if you look at Forbes and, you know, Entrepreneur and some other uh, sales industry meetings, um, magazines, they are expecting huge boom of conventions and more trainings and the need for speakers will be greater. So I think while I was worn out Mm -hmm. right before COVID and thinking, I'm not sure I want to do this anymore. It helped rejuvenate why I'm doing what I'm doing and that I do love it. And maybe Mm -hmm. it's time for me to not necessarily reinvent myself, but reinvent some of my presentations Mm -hmm. and audition again. Yeah. 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 (laughs) yourself back on track but yeah vert- i think virtual is totally here to stay great love it and i think um somebody said to me it's like 70 to 80 percent less cost to put on a virtual event than it is a in-person event when you think of the travel the flights and catering and and everything so um there's, there's well, big i just benefits. did a program for singapore i mean mm-hmm. imagine how much less it was for them yeah and, i mean I'm, when i went over to singapore once before it my airfare alone was twenty five hundred dollars exactly yeah yeah and that right there allowed them to buy more presentations from me 
virtually, mm-hmm. then only have me there for, you know, one or two because of the cost. A couple of hours, yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfect. So it sounds like you've you've transitioned, you've you've benefited, you've used that time to um not reinvent yourself, but rethink different different ways forward. So yeah, lots of benefits there. And it sounds like virtual speaking is here to stay, but also rebound to big seminars, workshops, conferences as well. Um, so a Absolutely. bit of a hybrid going forward. Yeah, yeah, I think there's going to be a huge resurgence yeah. in speaking opportunities, and that's why we have to be ready. We have to be ready. Interesting. Great. So thank you so much again for your time. One final question from me today is, if somebody does want to book you as a speaker or find out more about you, where's the best place for them to do that? Probably my website, mm-hmm. um, harrietturk.com. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm on social media and that, those kind of avenues as well. But uh, it's always easiest to reach me um, through my website through the website brilliant and what i'll do harriet is i'll paste a note to your website in the show notes and um, so people can, can click on that and, and find out a little bit more about you as well sounds great thanks tom so thank you so much for your time today i really appreciate you coming along and um, you shared such great value with me and our audience so yeah thank you again so much for being here you're so welcome thanks